let's start with uh, reading uh, some portion of uh, chapter 3. Uh, we are into chapter 3 uh, and see. And this is sixth uh, uh, lecture. Uh, so let us look at what God has uh, stored for us. What mystery God will reveal to all of us tonight. So let us uh, uh, read the first portion. Joshua, can you read that part? You did wonderful. The last song, the words were so good. Yeah, yeah, as you said, yeah. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly exhibited as crucified. The only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? Having started with the Spirit, are you now ending with the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing, well then, does God supply you with the Spirit and work? work miracles among you by your doing the works of the law or by your believing what you heard. Okay, good. And Sarah, can you continue from just as? Just as Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, so you see those who believe are the descendants of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith declared the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the Gentiles shall be blessed in you. For this reason, those who believe are blessed with Abraham who believed. Continue. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the things written in the book of the law. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the one who is righteous will live by faith. But the law does not rest on faith. On the contrary, whoever does the works of the law will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that Jesus, that in order that in Je Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay, thank you. I mean, these are all packed, uh, so we are not going to study each. We, we are not interested in studying on Galatians, the book of Galatians. Uh, we are interested in uh, Paul's teaching, the lens through which Paul sees the world, sees himself, and sees God. What is that lens? That's what we are interested. And so far, you have a common theme that we have been crucified with Christ, as Hejong said, and that it is not I who lives in me, but Christ living in me. Very different way of existence. They were very different way of looking at our existence, our uh, our lifestyle. So, what we are interested in is. What did Paul experience? And what was a Paul's lens that made him so happy? Uh, that is uh, what we are interested. And first time today, 
Paul introduced the concept or the word, the spirit. Until now, he, he didn't mention spirit at all in Galatians. And this is the first time he introduced uh, the word, the spirit. Verse 2, the only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? That is a really key point. So you, did you receive the spirit by keeping the law or by believing what you heard? So this really tells us kind of lifestyle uh, that we have. And in verse 3 and 5, similar, uh, basically same thing. Are you so foolish, having started with the spirit, are you now ending with the flesh? He compares the spirit and the flesh uh, in a way. And then, well, then, does God supply you with the spirit and work miracles among you by your doing the works of the law? or by your believing what you heard. Continuously, he talks about the same thing over and over again in a different uh, way. So did you receive the Spirit? Did the work of the Spirit uh, work within you by keeping the law or by believing uh, what you heard? How does the Spirit work in your life? So we, we, can, sense, uh, we can see that Paul received the Spirit. Paul experienced the Spirit. His Spirit is from outside of him. And he received, he experienced the Spirit. And the Spirit did wonderful work uh, within him. It's not his will, power of will that did all the good things. But it is the Spirit that resides within him. And that Spirit works through him. And works for him. So th that is kind of new, new way of understanding life. New way of existence. So we can see living according to the law and living according to the spirit. These two modes of existence. Two different kinds of existence. Do we live? according to the law or do we live according to the spirit very different modes of existence i want you to think about what is the mode, your mode of existence do you live according to the spirit or do you live according to the law uh, the other uh, last saturday i was invited uh, to a retirement uh, party uh, at uh, a good uh, restaurant and I had a good time and then the, the person who was retiring was uh, sitting right beside me and then and he was saying I mean I talked with Peter and also Hejong too that, you know you know before retirement uh, you know we had work the most of my life uh, was running uh, around the work but when work is gone what is this, what does my existence uh, look like? And so we, we were talking about it, and he said, for one year, he's going to just absorb everything. He will just let it be. 
he won't do anything and he won't, he won't decide anything. He will just absorb it and then uh, see uh, what he can do uh, for his retirement. And I, I told him uh, uh, in the end, uh, in the middle of the, the uh, discussion, you, all your life, you live the schedule. But now, can you live a mystery? That's what I said. That just came to me. It's not that I prepared anything. Just while listening to him, that phrase came to me. You lived a schedule, but can you live a mystery? And at the end of the dinner, and then we, uh, we all said goodbye, and then he said, Mokusanin, I will live a mystery. <laughs> he, yeah, he told me. We all lived a schedule. We are good at it. Everything is set for us. You don't have to decide. You don't have to worry about. When you go to school, school uh, schedule is decided. When you go to work, work schedule is decided. Uh, everything uh, is decided for you. You, you, don't, you didn't have to decide many things. You just have to follow it and be good at it. You don't need to think too much about it. It is there. You just follow it. It is so embedded within us. We don't know any other way of living. We don't know any other way of living. We are most comfortable when there is a schedule for me. We want somebody to tell me what to do. Uh, and then I'll just do it. And I'll do it well. But... When there's nobody who tells me what to do, we don't know what to do. Even though a big part of life is mystery. Actually, the schedule part is a very small part of life. The much, much bigger part of life is a mystery. We completely ignore it. As though the mystery is not there. Even though it is there, we don't even look at it because we are too busy to be focus, focused on our schedule. We just want to remain in a small world we created and there we lived as schedule. Life is much bigger than we know. That's what I believe and that's what I experience. Life is much bigger than what we know. Living our life thinking that there is nothing beyond the life that I know, I think that is a bondage. Let me tell you again. Living your life thinking that there is nothing beyond the life that you know, if you live like that, that is a bondage. That was what Paul used to think. That was what Paul used to live. He thought that he knew life pretty well. I know what life is. He thought that. But after meeting Christ, totally different. That, is, that life is so different from the life that I used to live. 
I used to think that I knew. The life he experienced after meeting Christ is so radically different that he didn't know what to do. It was the Spirit who opened the life of mystery to Paul. Paul first experienced the Spirit, and then he experienced the mystery of life. So almost like spirit pulled him out of the schedule and threw him into the open. He experienced the wonderful surprise of his mystery. He experienced a peace that he never knew. He didn't know that there was peace like this kind of peace that he was experiencing. He thought that he had peace. But after meeting Christ, when he experienced that peace, that was a peace that he never knew, never experienced. I mean, it was not because uh, there was no trouble. That's why he had peace. It was not because he had no problem. He was in prison. Prison at that time was, you know, now we have a, a legal procedure and all that stuff. But at that time, the powerful people killed him. Then they, will, uh, they would have killed him. So every day he didn't know what uh, he could uh, foresee tomorrow. In that situation... He experienced peace. And this is what he said in that prison. The Philippians is written in prison. This is what he said. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He experienced the peace which surpasses all understanding. Like he couldn't, the, the peace he could not understand, the peace he could not comprehend, that peace he experienced. And he experienced also the power that he never experienced. He, his, the, the power he experienced was from his position, from his knowledge, from his uh, the, the authority, he experienced that kind of power. But this time, he experienced the power that he never experienced before. And that power gave him so much confidence. So much confidence. So much confidence regardless of him. So much confidence independent of him. I mean, usually we get confidence when we do well. It is to do with me and my perf performance. But this is a kind of confidence that has nothing to do with his performance, his ability, his position. He had this kind of confidence. That's why he said, I can do all things through him 
who strengthens me. That's a mystery. There's a new life. There's a new experience. There is a new mode of existence. Same life, but so different. It wasn't because he worked harder. No. He didn't do anything, and yet he experienced these wonderful gifts of life. And then he realized that life is a gift. Life is by God's grace. That's why in other letters he said, I am who I am by God's grace. He realized another kind of power working in life. It's not something that I make. That's why I am crucified with Christ on the cross. But it is not I who lives in me, but Christ living in me. He experienced that so vividly, vividly in his life. Joy, peace, confidence, happiness, love, and hope. I mean, you just bombarded. You just... Just flooded his existence. All these beautiful things flooded his existence. Can't you imagine that kind of existence? This peace, love, confidence, happiness, love, and hope, and all this flood, flood your existence? That's wonderful. He experienced that mystery. He entered into the unknown and uncharted territory, and yet he wasn't, uncomfort he wasn't uncomfortable. Rather, his life, he, he was excited. These things, this unknown world made his life exciting rather than uh, being uncomfortable. People who live a schedule will never experience that. And yet he experienced that. And the gospel writer, John, very interesting figure, was one of most Mysterious books. That's why I studied, I taught John at this church five times. And yet still scratched the surface. So mysterious. The book, whole book is a mystery. Whole book is so mysterious. So Hindu uh, people, they, some uh, devout Hindus, they memorize Gospel John. Because they love it. The mystery. They love it. So they memorize it. And this gospel, John, just from the beginning to the end, is all mystery. And it's even the beginning. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. I mean, even from the beginning, it's so mysterious. And all these writings are kind of quoted words. So you, you cannot really understand uh, what uh, John is uh, talking about. Even uh, Jesus in Gospel John is very strange. I mean, all the good things, in, uh, instead of doing it, he said, my hour has not yet come. 
My time has not yet come. And when it comes to chapter 12, finally he said, oh, my hour has come. And then he said, a seed falls on the ground and uh, unless it dies, it cannot bear fruit. Right after he said, my hour has come. And he said uh, that. So mysterious from beginning to the end. One day Nicodemus came to Jesus. Nicodemus was Pharisee, like St. Paul. He was a Pharisee. All his life, Nicodemus lived a schedule. He saw Jesus and heard Jesus and he's strange. He's totally strange and yet he has something that I don't know. He's strange but there is something within him. This young man, what does he have? Nicodemus was much older, probably in the 50s and and this young man, a 30-year-old, he was speaking and then he was teaching. And he looked like he had so much confidence. He looked like he had something, substance in his speech. He wasn't just saying nice things, interesting things. He had some mysterious presence. So he came to see Jesus at night. That is, that is even symbolic and night. So he came from the darkness. So John is all uh, metaphor and uh, symbols. He came at night. He came from the darkness. And then he came to Jesus. Jesus doesn't even ask him why you came. But he, Jesus already knew why he came. And he said this. Jesus said. Jesus answered very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. I mean, Nicodemus did not even ask questions. I don't know what he answered. But by just looking at uh, 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 Nicodemus, Jesus knew exactly. I mean, same as a Samaritan woman, chapter 4, only in the Gospel of John. As soon as uh, uh, he saw a Samaritan woman, you have five husbands. And even the husband that you're living right now is not your husband. Jesus knew He's very mysterious. Nicodemus wanted to see the kingdom of God. But Jesus says something that he can understand. He only followed, Nicodemus only followed what he could see and what he could touch. And he was good at it. He was cream of the crop. I mean, he, he was doing much better than anybody. So if you think that you're doing well with life, probably Nicodemus did much better. But you can understand what Jesus was saying. This, is, this was what Jesus said. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? He only knew the physical process of things. Then Jesus introduced him 
to the world of the spirit. Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Then Jesus explained to him what the life with the spirit looked like. He said this, the wind blows where it chooses and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. We don't know where we come from and we don't know where we are going. That is the life of the Spirit. Your future is not in your schedule. Your future is not in your hand. You didn't plan everything. You stepped into life without really knowing. But God led you. That is kind of life. Very different. Thirty, forty years ago, when I first came to Canada, before I came to Canada, my sister was here, and on one Christmas uh, year, she sent us a Christmas card. And I looked at the houses, and it covered with snow, and then I thought, this is paradise. Looks so good and wonderful. And next year we are coming to Canada. We are so excited. We are going there. Those houses are they're covered with snow and then with the lights. It's just paradise. As soon as I arrived uh, Toronto International, my brother-in-law came with a cargo van, and there was no even seat and milk boxes. And then we went into the van and then where do we sit? Sit on the milk box. <laughs> you know, you know, milk carton. So we sat there. Okay, this just beginning, okay? <laughs> and then we went to the Liberation Village. We call it Liberation Village. Finchen Western. It's called Hebangchun. Liberation Village. And there were yellow buildings. I never seen that kind of building in Korea. So run down. An elevator we went in. So much smell. And then yeah, I was scared that I was going to some kind of gangs kind of. And then in a three bedroom uh, apartment, my sister, my brother-in-law, and she, they had three children and three bedroom. And then my brother and me and my mother, three of us in one room. And we live like that. Where are those houses? <laughs> Covered with snow and beautiful lights. We never planned it. We never planned it. How we came this far, I don't know. At that time, I just felt hopeless. This is not what I expected. This is not uh, what I wanted. But somehow, 
God opened the door. God opened the mystery. How I have come to this point. Life is not always about input and output, my friends. It's not like computer. Computer, you put input and you result the same output. Doesn't matter what you do. That is more convenient, maybe. Paul used to live like that. That is life by the law. If you put good things, good fruits you get. If you put bad things, bad fruit, bad result you get. If you sin, you're punished. If you did good, then you're rewarded. That's the life of the law. Very much life of cause and effect. But Paul discovered the world that was operated on a very, very different principle, different mode of existence. And he discovered that. And we can see his understanding of resurrection. And there, we can see that very clearly. This is what he said. So, it is with the resurrection of the dead, what is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a physical body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. In the world of law, there is no resurrection. If you die, you die. If you die, you decay. Input and output are the same. But in the life of resurrection, input and output are so different. Sown perishable, raised imperishable. Sown in dishonor, raised in glory. Sown in weakness, raised in power. Sown a physical body, raised a spiritual body. Thanks be to God. Praise God. God made it possible. We could not have made it. God made this possible. God led Paul into this world of mystery. This world is not operated or understandable by logic or formula. The spirit he experienced had nothing to do with logic or formula. It is not cause and effect. If I hit myself, it hurts. Because, you know, it hurts. <laughs> cause and effect. But hear and believe and receiving the Spirit, there's no cause and effect. Who said just because you hear and believe the spirit will be given? 
There's no connection. There's no uh, cause and effect relationship between those two. And yet, Paul experienced it. So Paul is not talking about logic here. Rational uh, cause and effect. Paul is talking about his experience. He listened and believed and he received the Spirit. Not everything is his cause and effect. God works in his own mysterious way. And Paul experienced that mystery. And he's writing down all these things that he experienced. So without faith, we can never understand Paul. We can never understand his experience. That is a lens through which Paul saw the world, saw himself, and saw God. Only thing he experienced was humility. Lord, you are mighty. I am nobody. You be glorified. That is what he could say. Then let me tell you uh, next uh, few minutes uh, that what the Spirit does and uh, what Spirit, how Spirit helps you. Uh, I have about six things that I would like to tell you that what Spirit does in Paul's mind, what Spirit does uh, to our life. First of all, the Spirit to Paul is the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So, uh, same thing. The Holy Spirit and the Spirit of Jesus Christ, same thing. But when you look at uh, the Spirit, the word, uh, in Hebrew, it is called Ruach. R-U-A-C-H, uh, Ruach. And then the, uh, from the same word, uh, Ruach, the three uh, meanings are there. There is uh, uh, wind and also breath. And I already told you about John's understanding of the spirit is a wind. Uh, the, you hear the sound of the wind, but you don't know where it comes from, where it's going to. Because the spirit is kind of compared with the wind. Uh, when you look at Genesis, uh, after God created the human beings, he breathed uh, into them. So that's a breath. That's a spirit uh, into them, and then human beings uh, came alive. And in the same way, uh, Paul became a new creation uh, by God breathing uh, the spirit uh, into him. So that is kind of understanding of the spirit. And then all the ancient people already knew uh, the nature of the spirit. That's why they use the word ruah. And then they also used it for wind and used it for breath. Because they knew the nature, the dynamics uh, of the spirit, how the spirit works uh, from a long time ago. Uh, so it's wonderful there how they knew about uh, this uh, spirit. Uh, first of all, the spirit gives you the freedom. Uh, that's Paul uh, believes. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Uh, he didn't experience freedom in his previous life. He thought that everything depended on him. 
And that thought enslaved him. And everything depended on me. And yet, when he encountered sin and death, he, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to deal with the sin and death. When, when he believed that everything depended on him, and he, he encountered sin and death, he totally felt helpless and hopeless, and then he felt enslaved. That enslaved him, but the Spirit somehow freed him from that enslavement. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. So when there is only law, sin and death, you're dead. You have no hope. If there's only law, life of law, then sin and death will completely destroy you. Uh, but uh, we are free from the condemnation of the sin and death. And I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, that next week, that how law condemns you. Uh, is law good or evil? Good or bad? Does it help you uh, deal with sin or does it destroy you uh, uh, with sin? Uh, so th th that is something that we are going to uh, talk about next week. So first, uh, first thing is that the Spirit uh, gives you freedom. The second one is the Spirit confirmed that he was God's child. That I don't know why, how, but the Spirit confirms that I am God's child. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of the adoption where we cry, Abba, Father. It is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. So we are not scared of suffering anymore. That we suffer with him, we'll be glorified uh, with him too. So you are the children of God and then uh, you're not alone. So when you go through a lot of the, uh, difficulties and hardships, sometimes you feel very lonely. The people who went through suffering, the biggest uh, the, the, uh, difficulty was, uh, was loneliness because they feel alone. But you're not. Uh, the Spirit uh, tells you and it helps you that you're not alone. You are God's child. That's how the Spirit helps you. And then third, uh, thirdly, Spirit helps you pray. To Paul, a prayer is not something that he does. Even prayer is not something that he does. Prayer is something the Spirit within him uh, does. And then this is what he said. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sigh too deep for words. And God who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. He felt that the Spirit interceded for him. He, that's why he knew that everything will work out for good. 
Even when he went through darkness, he was able to pass through the dark channel, tunnel, because the Spirit was praying for him. He was able to see the light at the end of the tunnel uh, with Spirit working uh, for him. Sometimes you feel uh, this way. For example, yesterday, you're filled with worries, anxieties, and fear. And the situation didn't change at all. But next day, all of a sudden, situation exactly the same, but you feel that it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Nothing changed. Our, our uh, external circumstances, nothing changed. But somehow, you had this confidence. It's going to be all right. I'm going to survive. I'm going to be okay. That is because the spirit within you is praying for you. So you know that everything will work out. So even prayer is not something that you do it alone. You, you pray with the spirit within you. Even when you don't know what to pray, the spirit within you uh, helps you. And the spirit prays for you. You're so sad that you cannot even pray. The Spirit prays for you. You're so disturbed and so uh, destroyed that you cannot even pray. The Spirit uh, uh, helps you. The Spirit prays for you. So that Spirit does that. And fourthly, Spirit always gives you hope. You don't know why you have hope. but sp Because Spirit gives you hope. For the creation was subjected to futility. Not of his own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? For, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. You hope even in a hopeless situation. You have hope against hope. That was Jesus' faith. On the cross, Jesus had hope that somehow the good will prevail over evil. Abraham's faith, even when he had no child, he had hope that uh, he'll be uh, a father of great nation. So that if the spirit is with you, that always, uh, you will always have hope. So hope is not something that you have. You will to have. It's not something that you, you can decide to have. No, hope doesn't help uh, uh, come uh, in that way. The reason you have hope is because Spirit is with you. So you can test whether Spirit is with you or not. You always hope in, every, uh, in all situations that you will have hope. The Spirit gives you that hope. Already you do all that, but you don't uh, recognize that it's the Spirit helps you, all these things. And then spirit awakens you, awakens your mind, gives you insights and understanding. When you uh, have the spirit, 
you will understand spiritual wisdom. And without uh, the help of the Spirit, you cannot do that. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we speak of these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's Spirit, for they are foolishness to them, and they are unable to understand them because they are discerned spiritually. I mean, whatever I say to you, you the reason you understand is because of the Spirit. Otherwise, you will say, oh, that's foolishness. You will say that. Whatever I say, because it's not uh, that logical. Uh, what I'm saying is not really logical. It's experiential, but not logical necessarily. And you will say, oh, foolishness. But the reason you can understand, you can even be moved by it, is because you have the Spirit. The Spirit gives you uh, understanding. And Paul was filled with the insights every day. So when you read uh, Paul's letters, it's full of insights. So I often say, Paul's letter, Paul's understanding is like seeing the x-ray of your spiritual self. So we don't say the x-ray of uh, your spiritual self. And Paul sees all the, oh, after this uh, blood stream, it goes to the, this organ, and then we, we say medical the x-ray. In the same way, the Paul saw uh, that spiritual, how the spiritual life is functioning. He saw all the movement. So it's not really uh, amazing how Paul says these things. And when I, when, when I read it, oh, that's what I experience. That's what people experience. Uh, it's not something that you can understand with your brain. It's something uh, that spiritually is happening. Uh, you know, and then Paul had that x-ray kind of uh, insight about spiritual life. Lastly, uh, the Spirit gives gifts and fruit. Uh, uh, all different gifts and fruit uh, of the Spirit. So he said, fruit of the Spirit, not fruits of the Spirit. It's a fruit, a singular, because it all, uh, patience and then joy, hope, it all comes from one uh, fruit, uh, not different fruits. Okay, so those are something that Spirit does. So, yeah, we will have a discussion for about 15 minutes. Are there any of the functions of the Spirit, Holy Spirit that you can relate to? How can you let the Holy Spirit help you? So the, those are two questions. Okay. And gift and uh, uh, fruit uh, are different. Uh, gifts, uh, it's a gifts. So there are many different gifts. And fruit is one thing, fruit of the Spirit. So you cannot have all the gifts. You can have uh, one or two more gifts you can have. Uh, there are all kinds of gifts. Uh, gifts of uh, prophecy, gifts of tongue, gifts of interpretation of tongues, and uh, gift of service, and gift of preaching, and gift yeah, all these uh, the, uh, different uh, gifts. But you know, uh, uh, the, the fruit of the Spirit, joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, self-control, uh, and so yeah, uh, gentleness. So these nine fruit, you have to. I mean, uh, I you cannot say I, I have a goodness, but I don't have self-control. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I have love, but I don't have joy. You know, because fruit is just fruit, just one thing. The whole it comes in package all together. But gifts of the spirit are different variety. So depending on what ministry you are in, you receive different. Gifts. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. So uh, this being aware of the spirit is so crucial. Uh, don't live your life totally disregarding the spirit, ignoring the spirit. In other words, don't be full of yourself. That's basically what I'm saying. Don't be full of yourself. Uh, depend on the Spirit. Ask the Spirit. Walk with the Spirit. Let the Spirit guide you and lead you. So that is the kind of life uh, that leads you into mystery. And when, once you start to experience the mystery of life, the whole new world opens up for you and the joy be characteristic of your life. You will be so struggling with yourself in some ways. You will overcome yourself. You will be emancipated from yourself uh, in some ways. You are the ones who enslaves you the most. Remember that. And then be free from that. And then walk with the Spirit in freedom.